Alrighty, Kelvin. Yes. We're back with an yeah. episode of the Loud Ones podcast. Um, things look different than they used to. Um, yeah. A lot has happened. It's been about a year, almost exactly a year, since our last episode. Um, yeah. Like I think we're like three weeks away from exactly a year ago, our last episode. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, we wanted to do like a little life update and go over kind of why we were absent for the past year. And then we wanted to talk about some other stuff, just typical podcast stuff, you know? Um, so first of all, you may notice we're in different locations. <laughs> so I actually got married. I have a ring on my finger now. Um, I got married. I moved out with my wife into a house here. And Kelvin also moved with, his, like with our parents. Uh, and they've moved to an apartment now instead of the house. And we're just, yeah. We wanted to continue this, but we obviously couldn't do it in the same space anymore. So we had to come up with some sort of method to to make this work. And I think Discord calling is is the way to do it. So yeah, yeah. Which how much has happened? A lot of job changes too. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. Yeah. So y- you explain your job situation. Oh well, I was working at Tim Hortons. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that before, and it was. Uh, Difficult job mentally for me and having to be up at in a ridiculous time, having to drive more than half an hour to work just one way. It's It was a lot. So I ended up getting a new job at a local produce deli place. I'm the deli manager there and it's it's a great job. It's so much better. I'm feeling so much livelier, <laughs> happier with my work situation. Yeah, you, you even like people who don't know you, like you seem like a much better, happier person ever since you switched jobs. Like... Yeah, it, it, besides Tim the Horns point, was you don't, a rough place. <laughs> besides the point, you don't drink as much as you used to when you were working. <laughs> that's a very true point. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely have cut back on that. Yeah, but <laughs> um, that's awesome that it's been so so good for you. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I've been there since uh, I started there mid September, so I've almost been there for a year. It's pretty much just after we finished filming his podcast. Yeah. Switch. Yeah, I remember that text from you. You're like, "Yo, I got a job," and I was like, "No way!" Like, I was so yeah. happy because like you finally moved away from that toxic environment to. Yeah, I was in that for four years, and oof, yeah. rough place to be. Rough place. Um, and also job changes. I got a new job. Uh, yeah. I am now a junior technician at a local IT department. Uh, I basically fix people's printers, and uh, when they complain that their monitors aren't working, I drive an hour and press a button and turn it on that's a true story um (laughs) so (laughs) um yeah no it it's it's been a good job change for me too because at the gym like i used to work at i think we talked about in our first episode yeah um it wasn't the best mentally either for me it was very taxing on my mental health and um being able to finally break that almost nine year streak of coaching and go, no, I need to switch and being able to switch. So, yeah, that's pretty much like, and then where we've been, we we just haven't recorded because at the time our schedules were so different. I was still working yeah. at the gym. You had just started working at the deli managing as a deli manager. Mm-hmm. And my shifts were in the afternoon. His shifts were in the morning. So, we just couldn't find a time to work. And now that we're kind of working the typical nine to five shift, we're, we're able to like dedicate an afternoon now to 
doing this because we love it. We think it's so much fun. Just it's nice for us to connect and talk and share our sometimes wrong opinions on the internet. Yeah, and we also wanted to make sure that we could have that consistent schedule. We didn't want to just like pop out like one episode every like six weeks or something. Yeah. So, so with this uh, new jobs, you know, we're able to hopefully hopefully keep it at a one episode a week consistency for you. So we're planning on uploading these on Wednesday. Uh, that's when you guys are going to see this episode. We're we're recording this currently Tuesday night, so it would be relatively um, fresh and current with whatever we're talking about. If there's any news that we want to bring up. Um, and speaking of news, uh, Spider-Man trailer dropped yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was talking about this with my friends, and then it happened to pop up. Yeah. I thought they said they weren't going to do a trailer. I thought they said they weren't going to do a trailer either, but then there was rumors of a trailer, and then it mm -hmm. didn't drop, and then right at the end of the day, Disney was like, nope, here it is. Yeah. Oh, and it was good. It was, oh, a, it was... Good, it was a good trailer. I mean, you got that... Uh, that... Pumpkin this is spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen it. Sorry, I want to preface oh, yeah. that. Spoilers ahead. We're going to be definitely talking about what we saw in the trailer. So, um, the you heard the laughter and that pumpkin bomb drop in. Oh. That was a Green Goblin, right? Yep. And, and then they brought back Doc Ock at the end of that, right? And it's the same actor. Yeah, which makes me think. Like, I'm hoping that they're going to get Willem Dafoe to come back to play Green I, Goblin. You know, they got Jamie Foxx back too for Electro. That was Electro. And see, those are from two like different things, because like so uh, the whole Defoe and Ock were from the yeah. Maguire. So the whole idea that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield could come back is yeah. actually very possible. Yeah, which and they've done it in such a good way. They haven't mm. done it in like an Easter egg. They haven't done it. Well, it, this is if they come back. We don't actually know yet. I have a feeling they are. Mm. Um. They haven't done it in like a oh there's toby Maguire just as an npc walking down the street they've done it as like oh he might actually be spider-man and these three spider-men might team up to actually fight the sinister six and i would if you google the cast you could see that like not only are toby Maguire and andrew garfield listed in the cast on google mm -hmm. so is tom hiddleston and ryan reynolds yeah so it, it's a possibility that so much i mean this is like predictions based from google but it's so possible that they could have so many different characters in this movie. This could, this will, I think, bridge the gap between 20th century and um, Marvel. Yeah, because if it's Deadpool, that could bring in all the X-Men. Yeah. So I think it's, it's very possible we're, we're getting a, this is the, this is the bridge. And I know I said I was done with Marvel movies. I've told you this and I've told all my friends I'm done with Marvel movies. I said I would watch Spider-Man, and I'm very happy I said that, because that movie looks like it's going to be one of the best uh, Marvel movies. It's going to be still the cookie-cutter formula. like. And they're going to set up uh, so many more Marvel movies that you won't watch. Yes. Uh, well, we'll see. But, oh man, it's it looks good. Mm -hmm. And the dog, Ock, the way he says, hello, Peter, oh. it, it, the way he says it. I'm thinking he's talking to Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah, it's... Because how else would he know Tom Holland is Spider-Man? Everybody knows Tom Holland is Spider-Man. No, but it's not necessarily scary. because of the spell that Doctor Strange casts. True, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's. There's so many theories. <laughs> like we could theorize forever. We could we could say, oh my goodness, they're gonna bring back Iron Man for Pete's sake. Like you know, that we could theorize forever about what's gonna happen. Um, I mean, with uh, Doctor Strange being super magical and the possibility of Loki being there with the uh, TVA, you know, time doesn't really matter. So Iron Man could be in it. We don't know. Yeah, it 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 does look like it. It did look like a Doctor Strange movie that dragged Spider-Man into it, though. Like, I know it's Spider-Man's movie, and it's the Sinister Six, but the way they set it up as, like, Doctor Strange did this. And like, But, I mean, you, you could look at it from the fact that it, the name of the movie is Spider-Man, so they don't really need to show Spider-Man in the trailer. You know he's going to be there. Yeah. They might be doing it to show that other characters are in the mm-hmm. trailer, or in the movie. I think I think it's I think it's gonna be great. I think it's yeah. it's something that I'm very excited for. Um and there's uh two movies from Marvel coming out before that. So we got those to look forward for to which two? Before um The Eternals. Oh yes, which sorry. Is, uh confusing to explain. And then uh <laughs> Shang Chi in the Ten Rings. Didn't that one already come out or is that this week? No, that's uh September. Oh September, correct, yeah. First week in September. Yeah, Shang Chi. I, I, I haven't watched a single trailer for that movie yet. It has. Uh, they have Abomination in there coming back from the. I did hear Hulk about movie. that, which makes me really um, excited. Is it the same actor? All that we've seen in the trailer is him as the monster. So we I'm haven't seen the certain. human form. Yeah, well, he can't turn into the human form. That's the issue with. That's him. true as well. So he could already be the Abomination. Well, I mean, he was at the end of the Hulk movie, and he's just like because he can't turn back and forth like the hulk can he's stuck as oh i see yes i i completely forget that that hulk movie is even in the mcu because (laughs) it's it's edward norton yeah but it it's it's totally it was yeah totally in the mcu and it looked like uh wong was going to be in it from the doctor strange movie yep which would be interesting Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's you know the thing the thing that i struggle with marvel movies still though is like we know they're going to be good it's really hard for them to make a bad Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. But that's also why it kind of bothers me. Because, like, I'd like the unknown of, like, oh, maybe this is a good movie or not. But with Marvel, it's like, yeah. they're going to spend a billion dollars making it because they know it's going to generate, like... But, okay, this might upset a lot of people, but it's like, Marvel movies are very entertaining, but as, like, a piece of film, they're not excellent oh no i agree i will I agree mean, with you. i mean i will i've watched the marvel movies dozens of times over but it's it's the, like you said it's a cookie cutter it's the same thing every single time which doesn't mean it's not entertaining it just means that it's not excellent by standards of film do you agree with i forget the director who said it but he says that they're not films like they're not filmmaking oh uh, Scorsese. um because i feel no, like that's taking think... that argument to the extreme I believe he's just petty that his movies aren't making billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's because, true. I mean, Scorsese has has a, some very good movies. I mean, I just watched Hugo recently, which was a Scorsese movie, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think part of him might just be a little like angry that f- cinema and film has not gone in the direction that he wants it to. Yeah. I do get a little frustrated with, I think they're ruining the movie industry, Marvel movies. Because I think that every movie now gets compared to a Marvel movie. And it's yeah. a little frustrating because I want one-off movies. I want 
a movie that I can go to the theater, get surprised by, and walk out, and then not go, what's the expanded universe going to look like for this movie? Because that's what everybody says now about movies. That's true. I mean, you look at, um, uh, that was an early 2000 M. Night Shyamalan movie. He, uh, that Unbreakable. Yep. It took him 17 years, and then he came out with a sequel that nobody knew was a sequel until the end of the movie. Yep. And then they ended up made a third movie one year later. It's like yeah. they made an extended movie, extended universe when they thought the industry or that film was long gone. Yeah, it's just it. The idea of like multi movie universes is cool in theory. And I think that no one will execute it as well as Marvel did. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also. It sounds awful because only one company's done it, but I think it's played out. I think it's just like, oh, okay, because how can we. How is John Wick interesting? Have you seen the John Wicks I should bring up? I've seen the first two. Okay. How is John Wick interesting when we know we're going to get a next movie? Because in yeah. my mind, it goes, okay, Wick's going to survive. But I mean, John arguably, Wick 4, you didn't know there was going to be a second movie when the first one came out. That's true. And that's why the first one, I think, is one of the best in terms of when it came out. Mm-hmm. I think 3 is still the best in terms of like action and fighting and whatever. Um, but yeah. the thing is, is before three even came out, we got fourth confirmed and that really <laughs> bothered me because it made me go, well, then Wick survives. Yeah. I mean, you could look at it like the, uh, the Marvel movies, they released all these Marvel movies for phase four before Endgame dropped. So you knew that, you know, Spider-Man was going to live cause he had a movie coming up. Yeah. You knew Captain Marvel, Dr. Strange, Wanda, mm-hmm. uh, Vision, Hawkeye. Well, I mean, Vision technically didn't live this. Ooh, ooh, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, like all these characters, like you knew they were going to come back because they, you knew they were getting another movie. Yeah, it, it's, it's frustrating that they announce movies so far ahead now because mm-hmm. we get no surprise of... If you watch John Wick 3, not knowing there's going to be John Wick 4, you know Wick will survive because he's the good guy of the movie. But at the same time, you watch him struggle and you go, he might not make it out of this one. Yeah. Right? And then... We hear about John Wick 4, and we're like, okay, well, he's obviously going to survive. I mean, yeah, and then you get you get, you get the same thing, but on a different side, where you get a movie like Rogue One. Mm, you know yes. everybody's going to die, because mm. they don't matter in the yeah. prequel movies. Yeah, and I, I, I know people are going to hate me. Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Nah. What's, okay, are you going to say five? No, I was going to say four. Okay. At least you're not a typical, like, The Empire thought... Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. I thought The Empire Strikes Back was an amazing movie. It is. I thought it seems too dark in comparison to four and six, though. It just doesn't seem to fit. Mm. It seems, like, really out because I mean, it's that... so much darker. <laughs> you could look at The Last Jedi like that, too. It was, like... So, Last Jedi was boring, borderline comical. Yeah, it was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> I know. I know. Here's the thing I love about Star Wars fans too. I wouldn't call myself a fan. I'd call myself an enjoyer. Like mm-hmm. I enjoy the movies, but I'm not like, oh my goodness, Star Wars is the greatest universe ever made. But if you talk to people who say that, nobody hates Star Wars movies more than Star Wars diehard fans. <laughs> so true. It, they they're like, oh, only four, five, and six are good. How can you like a franchise when only a third of their movies are good? 
Less than a third because they have like solo. I know. They have the uh what's that TV show called? Um Pedro Pascal. Oh, um, uh The Mandalorian. Yeah. And you got the new uh Boba There's like Fett. 13 new shows coming out too. Well, with that, I'm so excited for Kenobi, but um and you get um the prequels, they just ignore it. But, like yeah. I mean the prequels weren't good. They were they were I think good. The, I think the prequels were better than the new movies. Well, that's true. But I mean Except for seven. Seven was like, what's well, seven's four. Seven, seven's seven's four. four. We know that, but what's well, because J.J. Abrams directed it, and he's just yeah. like the nostalgia king. Yeah. But One. Nothing happened. In the <laughs> that was such a good pause. One. <laughs> what do you mean well, nothing happened? We we got the origin of Anakin, and he he. The one good thing that came out of it was. This is pod racing. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And this is pod racing. Because nothing else mattered in that movie. You met the most annoying character to be ever created in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, Anakin's so annoying. I was like, going to say I... Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> um, okay, they did, introduce, uh, they did introduce Darth Maul, who was really lame in that movie. But he mm-hmm. came a, became a real badass character in the Clone Wars TV show. Yeah. And but, we got Jabba yeah. the Hutt. Was it actually Jabba, or was that just like one of them? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was Jabba, because <laughs> I know that like he's a, there's like a species of them. Well, I mean I that's like that one. I mean that's like Jar Jar technically. He's a species of. Yeah, but like Jabba was in like the sixth movie, which takes place like long. Oh, after yeah, the you're first totally movie. right. I mean, I don't I'm, know if it was Jabba. There might then. be somebody getting super upset with me right now because I don't know how long the Hatties live for or whatever. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's actually what they're called. <laughs> Again, Hatties. someone could be I'm, someone could be getting angry at me about that. Yeah. But I don't know how long they live for, so I don't know. Like, I know Jabba's technically considered skinny in the in his species. That's the only thing I know about his species. Is he's on the skinnier it, side. It's just Star Wars is. I'm I'm very I was done with Star Wars after nine. Um, because nine was a letdown and they should have just let JJ Abrams direct all three. They should not have switched directors halfway through. And it would, it might've been, it might've been salvageable is what I'll say. Okay. No matter how much you might dislike the last Jedi shirtless, Adam driver, (laughs) Ben Swallow. I did not know where you were going. (laughs) I did not know where you were going with that. Was one of the greatest Star Wars memes to ever. Oh, hundred percent. Ben Swallow is Ben Swallow. Ben Swallow is one of the best memes to have come out of Star Wars. It's like the <laughs> shocked look on his face where he's just standing there shirtless, Ray staring at him. Oh, my. dude, the edited ones where he's got his pants up to like his nipples <laughs> and he's just. <laughs> I did not know where you were going with that statement when you were like, as bad as The Last Jedi was. I was like, is he going to say it's good? Is he going to say like the cinematography is amazing? It did have that one scene where everything went quiet. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful image and a shock factor. But other yeah. than that, that was the only good like three seconds in the film. Yeah, the whole casino heist with um, Finn and uh, uh, Rose, I want to say. I had a really good argument with someone about this. Mm. Um... How come we have this beautiful casino on this alien planet and the best they can come up with is like roulette and crabs? <laughs> it's the same games that we have on Earth. They couldn't come up with anything? 
And on top of that, they show more of like the inside of like the animal studio or the animals like stalls than they do at the actual casino. <laughs> it was so it's just oh, we could talk forever about how bad that movie was. Oh my goodness. I feel but... so bad that Mark Hamill had to do that. Like, oh yeah. Mark, Mark That's Hamill what he came is... back with and that's what he died to. Oh my like, goodness. Mark Hamill like amazing as Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy. A, a phenomenal voice actor when it comes to Fire Lord Ozai and the Joker. Yeah. Like and then he gets put into a role like that, which is supposed to be his big comeback to his starting role. And it's it was it was terrible. That bad. It was it was I loved his tweet on Twitter when he was like, That's not how Luke Skywalker would die. And then like yeah. a day later he was like, Oh, uh actually I really enjoy the direction of the film and whatever. It's like you can tell <laughs> Disney was holding a gun to his head and like yeah. <laughs> say say what we want. <laughs> Well, because that's what, like you said, the Star Wars fan base, they love Mark Hamill. So yep. a lot of them will take what Mark Hamill says to heart because he's just, he's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's change the subject. Let's okay. get off movies and let's talk video games. I would like right. to hear your top three. You can go, we'll go, we'll each take turns saying third, second, first. Top okay, so three. we're starting with our least favorite out of the three. Out of the three. So it's still your yeah. third favorite game of all time. Okay. But three top three favorite games. This can be based on memories. This can be based on... You can argue like it has the best story. You can mm -hmm. argue it has the best art. Whatever you want to argue. Your three... Your third favorite game of all time. All right. So I'm going to go with... Um, I think it's an EA origin game called um, Sea of Solitude. Okay, I saw the trailer for this game, and I thought it was looked really pretty, but I never played it. It's an entirely story-based game. There's no, like, free world, anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, the story of it is amazing. It shows, mm -hmm. like, this the girl who's named Kay going through, like, intense points of trauma in her mind. And these, these, tra these points of trauma come as like monsters that you have to try to like figure out how to defeat mm -hmm. and then yeah like there's a story about like how her like her relationship with her brother crumbling down her relationship with her parents why it was never strong and then uh the third one is her boyfriend why like their relationship was so toxic mm. and it's a it's really a simple game in the standard in the sense of what you have to do like it's not like intense gameplay. You don't need to figure out like certain keys to hit in a certain order or anything. But it's just, and the way the monsters are, it's so creepy, but it's still so like cartoonish that they're not like you can see how they're scary to her, but they're not actually scary to you. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that game. Oh, E three. I want to say in like twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen or something. Yeah, and it's I been was really intrigued by it, but I completely forgot about it. And... It came onto Game Pass recently, and that's how I first discovered it. Okay, yeah. Speaking of which, Game Pass, an amazing deal. Everyone should subscribe to it. I know I'm promoting Ultimate. Xbox right now, but... Go Ultimate. Yeah, get get the Game Pass. It's the cheapest way to get into gaming right now, is buy, mm -hmm. like, an Xbox One S and buy Game Pass for a year. Yeah, done. not sponsored. No, but it's the cheapest way to get into gaming. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, see you, Solitude, though. Number three of all yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right, what's your three? I know you're going to hate me because I put it at third and not number one. Because I know what your number one is. <laughs> um, Borderlands 2. Okay, why, why, why so low on the list? 
So low? Well, this game... It's this still game my is a third... This game is a huge nostalgia factor for me and you. Yeah, I know. So for This those... was like our first interaction to FPS. Yeah, so at least we probably had a combined total of like 8,000 hours in Borderlands yeah. 2. On it's the 360. On the 360. Oh. We used to play every day after school split screen for like six yeah. hours. Yeah. Um, and we would just do the most basic stuff like kill enemies, farm bosses. Like we weren't even that good, but we played so long. Go through all those, uh, what do they call, badass challenges. Yeah, like we, yeah. we played the heck out of this game. And I think it's number three for a couple reasons. Number one, nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like, it, I remember having such good times playing Gunzerker and just killing everything while you played Macromancer. Oh, yes. Um, the actual gameplay, I think it's, a, I think it might be the best shooter looter. And I know Peep Destiny fans right now are like, what did you just say? But like, I think it's the best shooter looter in terms of like the balance of gameplay. I don't um, think that Destiny did anything different than Borderlands, really, other than the fact that Borderlands did it first. Yeah. It's fairly similar. I mean, Borderlands, I think, did it better because it's more colorful, but... But anyways, Borderlands, yeah, sorry. Borderlands 2 would be by far my, my at least my third favorite game. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're number two. Um, it's another very story-based driven game. Sure. Yeah, it's What Remains of Edith Finch. Oh, I love this game. I absolutely love the story in this game. It again, it's very, very similar in the style of story to um, Sea of Solitude, where it it's not complicated. You just walk through like a, the story of this girl's family, and <laughs> it doesn't really change. But I played this game like ten times this year alone, yeah. just because I love it. I've convinced most, if not all, of my friends. And my girlfriend to play this game, yeah. and it's so good. It it it's really heavy hitting with some of the things. Mm-hmm. It's it's always that feeling of like you got that knot in your stomach, like something's not right, but it's never like scary because you're never worried that a monster is going to jump out because it's all telling the history of her family. So yeah. it's all in the past and nothing like oh yeah. I've seen gameplay of it. I haven't played it, and it's really it's really interesting how it like tricks the brain and like makes Mm. you think of like oh this is not so bad and then something happens or this is really bad and then something happens like it's really yeah it's it's great i i think it's a great game also i believe still on game pass so if any of you have game pass (laughs) try it out (laughs) uh get the link in description Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, okay my number two I put it at two just because of the name. No, I'm just kidding. It's actually my second favorite game, but it takes two. Uh, is my second favorite game of all time. I think it would be number one because I think it's a perfect game. It is a co-op. Do you, do you remember A Way Out, that prison escape game that was split screen? Yes, yeah. yeah. Made by the same company, but imagine a 2D platform or a 3D platformer. Um. It tells a story about love. It tells a story about struggle. You have to, you're forced to work together with your teammate to complete challenges, puzzles, obstacles. Basically, in every level, someone, you each get a gadget. And using those two gadgets, you have to figure out how to work together with it. 
And it's really interesting because sometimes these gadgets have no meaning to be together. Like one person can change size from big to small, and one person can walk on walls. Huh. And you're like, how do these work together? But the puzzles are incredibly well thought out and incredibly well designed. And the story is so good. You start off hating the main character, but you absolutely love him by the end. And I've, everyone I've talked to who has played this has said the same thing. Man, that character is really annoying. And then they get to the end, they're like, he's the best character in the game. I love him. It's so good. Um, it almost made me cry. I think it's a perfect game. And yeah. You still haven't mentioned the title. It takes two. Oh, that's the name of the okay. That's the name of the game, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> it takes two. That's the that's oh, why I put it yeah. at two. It takes two. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I thought it, you were gonna. I thought when you started describing the prison scene, I thought you were gonna go with like the escape. The escape. No, that's not the prison game though. Okay. That's the way out. <laughs> I you thought have... you were gonna like say the game was the escapist. I'm like, that is not a great game. Elijah. Escapist is a number two, baby. No. Um. Yeah, I think it takes two is a is a flawless co-op game and you should play it with your best friend you should either play it with your significant other you should play it with you should get your parents to play it you should like you should seriously it's not a complex game there are some fast reflex moments that you have to be like ready for but it is so good what platform is that that game on on everything Hmm. so it's on xbox it was on ea it was an ea game um by well, one EA of their plays with um, Microsoft Game Pass now, isn't it? Yep. So you, I'm pretty sure it's on Game Pass. This game, um, and if it's not, go spend the money on the game. Absolutely support the developers because the developers are amazing. They do. They've done two games so far, and both games to me are within my top ten. So. Hmm. Okay, we're not going to jump to number one. I'm going to throw you a curveball. Or you know, honorable mentions. Honorable mention. Give me ah, yes. one honorable mention. I have to think of one too, because I I haven't oh. actually thought of one. But this can be not even in your top ten. It could just be one game that you just you played through, you enjoyed, you thought it was funny, but it's not even remotely a, a favorite game. Oh, I like singular game. Maybe if maybe a series. Okay, I'm fine I... with like if you say Call of Duty. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say Call of Duty specifically. I'm gonna say Call of Duty, like Black Ops, like two, like three and four for zombies. Okay. Mainly because like, that's what me and my close friend David we that's the games we started playing together. Yeah. So it's again massive force on nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> which is also gonna be my number one, but it's just playing sitting down playing zombies with him on like split screen couch co op. It's. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun, and then like once we get older, we figure out there's Easter eggs, and you can actually there's a story behind. And then you can go back and do it all, and then you realize like, oh, that's like these maps make sense together instead of just being random stuff. I think the storyline in, I think this is something that really people underestimate, because when they first think of zombies, it's just this survival horde mode. Yeah. The zombie storyline, I bet you, is more complex than any other video game storyline out there. Oh, and the the. the community behind that game is unbelievably good, unbelievably intelligent too. Like, yes, they, they solve are... these Easter eggs in hours of yeah. it coming out. Oh, it's and it's like it takes hours to do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing the community of zombies. 
you took my honorable mention. No. I was gonna say I was gonna say specifically Black Ops Three Zombies because I think that was when the community peaked. Um, yeah. But I, I I'll I had another one. I had another honorable mention in my head. Oh, okay. I got kind of two, so I'll I'll keep each one short. For nostalgia, I gotta say Halo Reach. That's I think Halo Reach is the best Halo. I know people are gonna be like, "That's when three four three took over," and ah, it's terrible. Wasn't Reach Bungie though? I thought it was Bungie's last game. Yeah, but three four three helped. Oh, okay. So that's why people are like, "It's terrible," because three four three started and it's ah. But like, Noble Six is a badass. Noble though. Six is. <sighs> people are gonna hate me. He's not. Don't say it. He is a better chief. <sighs> chief is better in terms of his personality and who he is, but in terms of a just a plain soldier, Noble Six is a better soldier than Chief, and I'll fight that till the day I die. I mean, you could argue that uh, Chief is better character-wise because he's had like seven games. Oh, I know. Yeah, in terms of an actual character and development and everything, he's way better. But mm-hmm. like in terms of like straight soldier if you were looking at soldier to soldier comparison noble six has no emotion he's so much more superior okay you want okay soldiers are supposed to work with soldiers the whole issue with noble six is that he's a lone wolf hence the name of the last mission he doesn't work well with the rest of the nobles doesn't the matter rest of the though. nobles don't you like can him. have a one-man army no. <laughs> it only works in the cold play song ledger <laughs> <laughs> you can have a one-man army Oh, no, it it doesn't work. Because, I mean, that whole game was essentially Rogue One. Where every... Am I allowed to give spoilers for a game that came out in 2011? 2011-11, yeah. I think you can spoil a 10-year-old game. Everybody dies in the end of it, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I don't think he's better than Chief. All right, anyways, my next honorable mention, uh, just for silliness, is Overcooked. I remember playing Overcooked with you and you getting very angry at me. You play that game with friends and there is nothing funnier, man. That game is just pure micromanagement and pure hectic chaos and I love it. So, uh, yeah, That one's short, but just it's a fun game to throw on the couch with one friend or three friends and just have a good time. I don't think I have any other honorable mentions. Oh, maybe the Tomb Raider series. Those games have... Oh, you've played through those. Okay. All of them, and they, they, I wouldn't say like the story is better, but it, it stays consistent. It's, mm. It never drops that like dramatically at it, from yeah. one game to another. Yeah, there's three of them, right? There's Shadow, Rise, and uh, Tomb Raider? It's, called, it's just called, yeah, you got them in the, the wrong order. I did that in the wrong order, but <laughs> but uh, I think the well, the first one's called like Tomb Raider Def, 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 Definitive, Definitive Edition, yeah. yeah. Because it came out on the 360, I think, and then they remastered it for the one, or yeah. it came out for the one or whatever. Yeah, and then Rise and Shadow. And yeah. Shadow came out a couple years ago, and yeah, there's so much fun. And there's so much to discover in that game. There's so many little things you can go back and search for. Yeah, you had one more honorable mention. I gotta do one more. For story only, Titanfall 2. That is that is it. It's a really good story. And I, oh, Talking about the mechanics for that game, the time travel part. Oh, everyone loves that level. Everybody loves that level. It is it's so, so well much done. fun. So well done. It's oh. unbelievably good. And it's really confusing to explain because it's like halfway through the story. Imagine so playing two levels played. at once 
Okay. If you guys have not played it, again, I think it's an EA game. So it's probably on Game Pass. So it, hopefully you guys Titanfall have Xbox 2. to play most of these games. Ugh. Go play Titanfall 2, the story. Yeah, you can, And there's no story in the first one, so you guys don't have to worry about... Uh, yeah, continuing on or anything. Continuing on, yeah. But it's so good. Okay. Number one game. Favorite game of all time. And I, I better have a good explanation other than nostalgia. Um, I'm just I'm kidding, because I know that's right. what you're targeting as. <laughs> okay. So my number one game is, uh, you kind of hinted at it, it's number, your number three. It's Borderlands 2. Yeah. Mainly because of the, like, countless Easter eggs in that game. You rock into the nature preserve and you fight Timon and Pumbaa, or Pomon and Toomba, or whatever they call yep. them. Um. There's that naughty bear uh, Easter egg on that same level, and yeah, it is nostalgia. It's my first game. There's just there's so much in that game. The characters have such like intense backstories that they give you in the little echo recorder before you start the game. The characters' catchphrases are so funny, but more than anything, it's it's the bad guy that makes the game. Yeah, 100%. handsome Jack is one of the most intense well defined villains in most games that i've played i i better than some movies better than yeah, a lot yeah. of movies and he's so intense and so driven for his goal even up to the point where he dies at the end of the game yeah and he's so psychotic just like there's that one line about him with that spoon and I think that's why it's still my number one game because I can play through that game a hundred times and still love every single line Handsome Jack says. Yeah, and I agree with you on that. I, I that's why it's still in my number three is is probably the villain. And I, I let you explain that one because I knew you'd explain that as number <laughs> one. Handsome Jack is an unbelievably good villain. And well, he makes it on he makes it on so countless lists. Yeah, for um number one or uh, top like 10 villains of, of all time. time yeah 100 percent, and it, it's well deserved um even if you guys aren't into sh shooter looters like we recommend just watching a playthrough of it and watching the story because it's talented voice uh, voice very talented voice acting damian clark yeah and he came back for the third game too he did yeah um and just it's just it's great it, it's mm -hmm. he's a fantastic villain and he comes back in Tales of the Borderlands as well, which also is bloody fantastic. Yeah, did he? He came back in the pre sequel too. Yep, he's back in the pre sequel. They, <laughs> they knew he was so good, they couldn't <laughs> let him die. It was like, oh, he came he... back in like four games after he oh. was dead. It was amazing. <laughs> so, um, all right, a lot of people are going to hate me because I'm going to sound like an 11 year old boy. You know what's yep. coming. Yeah, I can see it behind you too. Yeah, favorite game of all time is Minecraft, and <laughs> I think part of the other than nostalgia, as that was one of our first like games we spent a lot of hours in on Xbox 360. We we played the tutorial worlds where everything was like pre-built for us too. Yeah. But <sighs> I think I think the thing that makes it my favorite game is the community and seeing how sorry it depends on which side of the community you're on yeah. because if you're on the, the newer community side 
it's it's not great. I don't like the whole. I'm not even gonna say some of the YouTubers' names because I don't want to support them. Um, but you can probably figure it out, people, and just like they're toxic. They, they, yeah. It. But anyways, the original community back in like 2011 to 2013, and seeing how the good side of the community, like Jurocraft and Mumbo Jumbo, Gurian. Um, I'll shout those guys out any day because I think those guys are very, do very well at, um, promoting the game's good side and just the stuff people build with cubes. Like it's, it's, it's unbelievably cool to me. And I think that's why it's my number one game is the community. Yeah. Like you said, there's polar opposites on that side of the community so yeah and i feel like getting just touching that bad community can turn your shoe on this game but i mean it's a it's it's a fun game to play especially with people so i mean i would definitely recommend sitting down with a bunch of friends and playing it yeah again i know people judge it because it's like oh man it's such a old style game and it's for 11 year olds it absolutely is meant for simple-minded, and that's why it's the easiest game to get into. It is like you sit down and play, and it. it I would lo- I, if I could if I could erase all Minecraft knowledge from my brain and start over. I would, because the idea of like learning to punch a tree, to craft a crafting table, to make a pickaxe, to, like to do that chain of events, and then eventually you can fly. Like you can yeah. evolve from this point, and like. It's just fight a dragon. Like it's the coolest. Ah oh, man, I I love that game. Yeah, because we started playing that game when we were like young. You were a young teenager. I was not even a teenager. Yeah, because that game came out I think in 2011 on the Xbox, maybe 2010. Yeah. And uh, I would have gotten. We would have gotten the Xbox in 2011. Because we, we got it bundled with the Reach. Yeah. So it would have been. Probably like right after it might have come out in 2012, actually, now that I think about it, because we didn't buy it right away. Like we, we bought it right away when it came out. Um, I remember but, the uh, the mad dash to try to find an HDMI cord because you couldn't split screen if you had the component, component cord. cables. Yeah. So we had to run down to Best or Walmart and buy um, an HDMI oh, that's cable. When, that's when consoles still came standard with a component. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I love that game. And I I love all the games that we mentioned. Um, I think they all do. I think gaming. I'm gonna sound like such a like a like big brain moment. Gaming is something that brings people together, and I think it's something that everyone can enjoy because there is something out there for everyone. Even people who have never touched a controller in their life, I bet you could find a game that can impact their life. I truly believe that. Absolutely. I I it doesn't matter how simple, how dumb, how whatever, if it's a cookie clicker, I think that there are games out there that can absolutely impact people's lives. Everyone. So, yeah. Um that's where we are today like with games, you know? Like we 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 live in a society that uh has a bunch of games and it's amazing. It, it's well, so it's, good it, to see gaming companies work together too. 
and it's crazy to think that like i mean obviously i'm not old enough to experience this but like you look back like 20 years ago the people that were playing games were like ostracized and nerds and like they were these super uncool kids but now like at least when i was in high school there wasn't somebody who didn't have a gaming computer or an xbox or a playstation or some sort of gaming experience yeah you know, like, like and they all had like a game that they could talk about for a long mm -hmm. period of time because they had that game that yeah. was a lot to them yeah it's, it's it's the evolution of it and how much it means to like so many people in case you didn't know gaming is the biggest form of of um entertainment in terms of income it beats movies tv cable combined Cable's every dying. year yeah. but you know what i mean like yeah. in terms of in terms of entertainment like digital entertainment like that gaming is number one and a good chunk of that comes from mobile but i don't care premium games premium. <laughs> i don't care because if it gets someone to play a video game that they enjoy absolutely let them play a mobile game i'm not an anti-mobile hater i it's just a let people enjoy their games and if it brings them together then let's do it. Like Pokemon Go, there was nothing better than the summer of 2016 when Pokemon Go came out. Oh, that was such a good year. everyone was out there on their phones, and people who had never even downloaded a mobile app before were playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. So. I mean, the community's still, I wouldn't say going strong, but still going after five years. Yeah, it's, it's the longest AR experience I mean, so far. you can talk to people, and like, I, I mean, at least a lot of people in my social circles still have the game on their phone yep. they might not play it on a daily basis but they still have the game mm -hmm. yeah it it has one of the highest like download retentions ever in terms of like people who have downloaded it and kept it yeah like it's it's ridiculous like it's amazing so well was there anything else you wanted to talk about today or no i think we're running kind of long or yeah we're about, we're about or... 40 40 minutes ish yeah i think that's a good mark yeah um Oh, I did want to say go support the Avatar MMO board game on <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> yes. And I'm talking about Avatar the Last Airbender, not the blue cat people. Blue cat people, yeah. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun, and I'm hoping that, you know, it'll come out Well, it out got soon. funded, so it's coming out. Um, I just want it soon. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm guessing probably end of this year, early next year. Did they yeah. give it a date on it? Uh, not the last time I saw it, but I haven't checked it in like Probably weeks, early so. next year would be my guess. Probably. But Kickstarters usually take a while after they get funded. But mm -hmm. it's also Nickelodeon, so they're gonna have the money if or they're gonna push it hard. Yeah. So cool. Well thanks guys again for tuning in. Um sorry it's been a year. <laughs> yeah. We're we're hoping to do this more regularly and we we read all like we haven't gotten a ton of comments on the past videos, but we read them all. So if you have any topic suggestions that you'd like us to talk about, please drop it down below. If you want to ask us a question, we will absolutely answer it. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is, we'll answer it. You may not like the answer we give, but we will answer it. Um, and yeah, it's just something that we'd love this to become a community um, and have people interact with us and, and everything because that just makes it more interesting for us. So um, thanks again, uh, and we will see you guys, I guess, uh, Next guest next week. Oh. Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. See you guys. Thanks.